ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. I heard that there's a shortage on sriracha sauce in this country. Do you ever eat sriracha sauce with your what meat? What is that? Um, it's like a um, type of hot sauce or chili sauce. They make it out of a paste of chili peppers, distilled vinegar, pickled garlic, sugar, and salt, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. I, I never uh, heard of it. Apparently, this stuff was going for like $60 a bottle. That may be the new liquid gold. Hot sauce for your meat. <laughs> I think there was a run on peppers or a pepper crop failure. That's that's amazing. If I'd have known that, I would uh, have stocked up on it and be selling it on eBay right now. Um, it's better than silver. Okay. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be with uh, Pastor John Terrell coming to you from Sacramento, California. Website is eaec.org. Brother John, welcome back. How are you doing this morning? I am doing well, thank you very much, and um, I, this is what I've been telling people, when you don't have any pain, how can you complain? Boy, isn't that true? I say amen to that. you like to open us in prayer today, and the microphone is yours. Welcome back, brother. Oh, thank you. My only Father, thank you, thank you once again. Here we are, another Omega Man radio program. And I just ask you right now, Lord, there's so many things happening in the world. There's so much chaos that we can slow down for just a few moments here this morning to an hour and study the word to slow down and to simply think what is really happening behind the scenes. Give us spiritual discernment. Give us spiritual wisdom, wisdom from Jesus that we will be able to navigate in the world and be victorious and not be defeated. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I am uh, been teaching now on uh, my series, Tune in God, Turn Off Satan, which is a lesson that I have in my book, Christian Dynamics, course number four. And uh, this is lesson 50. And uh, today we're going to do our ninth installation <coughs> of this particular sermon. And um, what I'm teaching on is guidance, guidance for each person. 
Let me start out with an illustration. You know, uh, it's been about, I would say, about 6,000 years now since the time of Adam and Eve <clears throat> were here on this earth. And um, people have been fishing for 6,000 years in the rivers, lakes, in the ocean. And um, the sad thing is that the fish has not been able after 6,000 years to understand that if he sees a dangling nice fat worm dangling in front of him that inside that worm is a hook and the hook is on a line that goes up to in what you call the fishing rod and so if he bite if he says well I like that worm and he bites that worm and try to get a bite of it instead now of having pleasure and uh, feeling the nice taste of the worm in his mouth he now has a hook in his mouth and suddenly now he is beginning to be pulled and he says well I don't want to go I don't want to rise up out of the water uh, this is not my will I don't want to do that but the person with a fishing rod is stronger than the fish and so here now the fish is being pulled up and all his buddies are watching as he disappears up into the light of the air and uh, the rest is history uh, before he knows it he's next in the frying pan and uh, so the day did not end well for that fish so 6,000 years fish has been doing this and for some reason they have never been able to figure out why why does a guy get hold up if he bites a nice worm and figure that out furthermore the fish the fishes have not simply had a meeting where they are saying that you know there is something fishy <laughs> about this story and um, we need to have a study of it not only that we also need to have an educational system so that we can save future generations of fish from being hauled up and ending up in a frying pan fishes do not have an educational system um, the knowledge is not passed on from one generation to the other and fish is as stupid today as it was 6,000 years ago does that have anything to do with the human race we've been, a we've been around a long time and have we as a human race really learned 
what's going on in the world. Have you understood that there are creatures called demons? There are other creatures called fallen angels. And then we have a fallen angel that is called Satan. And have you ever figured out that Satan, the fallen angels of the demons, are actually fishing us, if I can use that term, having us to bite their hooks, and they are leading us where they want us to go. And we have not figured that out after 6,000 years. Now, Jesus came down to this earth in person some 2,000 years ago. And in order to communicate with us, he uh, got into a human body that was given him by the Holy Spirit and by Mary. And walking around, he was simply trying to tell us about the enemy. He tried to tell us how to be saved, how to have eternal life. And the question is, did we listen to him? Some people did. That's why we got the New Testament, because we got the apostles, they listened to him, and uh, they wrote it down. So the other picture I want to give you now is this, that, you know, People are very concerned about animals, birds, and dogs, and cats, and so on. There's a lot of money spent on that. So let's say now, for example, that you are really concerned about fish. And um, you really want to help them out. Not only do we have the hooks, we also got the nets that are coming from our trawlers. So you decide that you're going to be the savior of the fish. And so you practice, you buy yourself a diving suit, and uh, uh, you have uh, all the material that it takes to do that, and you get yourself a boat, and uh, then you lower yourself into the water, and you can be there now because you got a diving suit. And the fish is coming around you and looking at you and and uh, you're trying to say, Hello, fish, I'm here to save you. I'm here to help you. I want to tell you about the terrible hooks and the awful nets that come with the trawlers. I want to help you to avoid being caught. I'm your savior. And uh, the fish talk among themselves and says, well, who do the guys think he is? Uh, there's no one coming down from uh, above like this. He's just a fake. We don't believe him. And so they reject him. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus Christ. He came down from heaven, got into his suit, a physical body, and he tried to talk to people and say, you know, I'm here to help you. He, he healed them from sicknesses. He cast out demons. He did all kinds of miracles. And he said, I am 
the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And some people believed him. But the Jewish leadership, the high priest, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the Herodians, they simply said, no, this, this cannot be true. We don't like this. So away with him, crucify him, and kill him. So, actually, people are as stupid as fish. That's what I want to get across to start with. So the question now is, do you want to be educated? Do you want to be smart? The Bible warns us again and again that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You ever heard that? Why well, is in the Bible? I'm going to read it to you. It's on First Peter, chapter five, verse number eight and nine. Be sober. That means be alert. Don't be drunk. Don't be on drugs. Be sober. Be vigilant. Vigilant means that you are really watching around what's happening. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. That was written close to 2,000 years ago. Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary of the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So that's in First Peter chapter five, from King James Version. I don't know what the NIV says, and what the other bastard Bible says, but this is what the King James Bible says. This is what the real Bible says. So now the question is: Should we? Be vigilant and sober. One of the problems we have is that many pastors do not believe that there is a devil. And that's not because they themselves came up with that thought. But that's what drug denomination is teaching. That's what they were taught, either in Bible colleges or seminaries or whatever they went to get some kind of education. And so, if you got a pastor, and if you got a church that simply says, uh, there's no devil, that's just an imagination. It's a figment of an imagination. Then, of course, you are not going to be able to fight him. Can I illustrate that for you? I'll I, I make a point because I think there's some of you just yawning right now and says, okay. Well, let me try to illustrate that for you. Let's go to Ukraine. And um, you know, there's a, there's a little war going on in Ukraine. The Russians call it special action. Uh, but, you know, you die in a special action as bad as you do in a war. 
So, we have now Ukrainian soldiers have been, they have draft over there, and they are drafting. So let's say now we we have a four or five or six Ukrainian soldiers that are going to be trained. And one of them says, I believe this is the hoax. I really don't believe there's a war. Furthermore, I don't believe there are any Russians. I have I haven't seen the Russian in my whole life. They haven't been here to my home and, and so on. I lived in peace. I mean, my I haven't seen the Russians, so you know, there are no Russians. There's no war. So, what what are we training for? And uh, so the thinking is spreading. It is protect the company. They are being trained right now for, for war. And uh, they says, the why in the world should we learn how to shoot? Why should we put on the helmet? And why should we have all this armament and and learn how to cast hand grenades and so on? And uh, it's just we're just wasting our time. There is no Russia. There's no war. Because uh, we, we we read on the internet, we saw on the internet, you know, that that's a hoax. It's not true. And on the internet, you can you can find anything. Everything is a hoax on the internet. So you just find whatever you want. So now, the day comes, they're fully trained, and they're saying this is stupid, and they are put on the train, and they're being taken out to the front. They get out of the train, and suddenly, as they get out of the train, they hear cannons go off. They hear uh, small arms fire, and they said, wait a minute, what is this? What is this? And then suddenly, a Russian grenade from a gun comes down in the middle of them and just explodes and half of them die. And then the other sisters, they are kind of thinking around, staggering around, bloody and so on. And you know what? There are Russians. There is a war. Yeah, man, there is a war. And now the truth has emerged among them. But it's too late. They should have known that before and taken caution and not simply been stupid. And that's exactly what it is. We are in a war. We have a devil, fallen angels, demons, and they are killing people left and right and destroying them. And um, we're looking around and says, well, I don't see that. I don't see this. I don't see that. And the devil says, wonderful, you are the most stupid person on this earth, and I'm going to eat you next. So, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So, once we learn that, now how do we fight that? You can't see the devil. You can't see the demons. You can't see the fallen angels. Well, this is what Peter said in verse number 9. 
whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your burden that are in the world. Resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your burden that are in the world. This week, we are having a deliverance in our ministry here in the greater Sacramento area. And uh, we started Monday, and we probably going to finish up with this particular person Friday or Saturday morning. This particular person uh, has uh, not been doing too well in life. Uh, neither did his wife. We took his wife to deliverance some time back. And uh, they've been going to uh, big churches in the area here. Some of them were Pentecostals. They called themselves Pentecostals. And um, uh, they couldn't get any help in this church. And uh, you had uh, all kind of other uh, wonderful things happening. But they were tormented by evil spirits. So they learned this. They are evil spirits. We are in pain. We are not doing good. So they attended the Bible study. And the teacher there had been listening to me on the radio years back. He, he knew me. I got my material book, bought my books, and so on. And so the lady expressed there on the one of these studies that um, she's attacked by some kind of spiritual forces that throws her to the floor. Uh, she's laughing uncontrollable. Uh, she's shaking all over. And she's just wiped out. And uh, she said, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I need help. Something is, is in me. I need help. Well, so this teacher said, <clears throat> I cannot do it. I know what it is. But he said, I'm not trained to do that. But he said, I know someone that can help you guys. And he said, that is uh, Pastor John Terrell. So he uh, contacted me and said, uh, I, I have known of him, and, and I talked to him on the phone over the years. So he said, I got this couple here, and he described it to me. <clears throat> and he said, can I have a, Can we have an appointment with you? I said, sure. So they drove up. We set an appointment. They came to our uh, church facilities here in the greater Sacramento area. And uh, we sat down and talked, and they shared their story. And I said, well, uh, that's not a problem. Uh, God is bigger than the devil. That can be fixed. We got to so, but there are certain things that you have to do. So we have to cast the demons out. We got to line you up with the Word of God. You cannot uh, be drinking and partying and doing this and that and then try to cast the demons out. It doesn't work. I said you got to line up with God. First of all, you got to repent and you got to walk with God. And then once we have you there, we can then cast the demons out. So very successful the woman 
woman. We did that probably about three or four months ago. And she had never again had a problem uh, with falling down and screaming and hollering and laughing hysterically. So she was cured of that. And uh, so we're just finishing up the man right now. Here, so here's, here's a story. Here's what I want you to hear. A lot of people have demonic problems. Some of them are not that severe. You simply are sick. Uh, you don't feel good. You're depressed. Um, you simply, you don't have life power, so to say. You're barely existing. And uh, some of you, now the, this guy is, was hooked on pornography. And um, I mean hooked. Pornography is just as bad <clears throat> as you have a drug. Get hooked on it. So, you now have a simple realizing this. Okay, I got a problem. I recognize it's spiritual. But where in the world do I get help? Because if I go down and get an appointment with the pastor of the church I'm attending, uh, they're going to say, well, uh, we probably should send you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist because this is above what we can do. We don't deal with stuff like that in our church. Uh, this this is more a mental issue. And so I would say that the millions of Christians in America attending their churches week after week, uh, there's no help for them there. There's a few churches here and there that do deliverances, but there's not a whole lot. So, what happened then? People are perishing. And they die early. Marriages are broken up. They lose their jobs. end up on the street. All kind of bad things. So, Jesus came down. And said, I got a plan. Not only do I have a plan, but it works. After having been some, I've been now, I would say, close to 50 years in the ministry. That's 50 years that I've been full time in the ministry as a pastor. I've sort of evangelist and then pastor. I am convinced that most Christians are falling into sin and problems because their communications with God are contaminated by messages from Satan. There's a church, it's not a total haven of rest, but it is to a large degree a battleground for the war of communications. I want you to think about this. Mormons, Mormon missionaries, and Jehovah's Witnesses, they are not going to unbelievers. I want to say this three times. It's important. When the Mormon leadership sent out missionaries, when the Jehovah's Witnesses sent out the people to go door knocking, they are told to find Christians, find people that are in churches, find Christians. 
And if you go into a Mormon congregation, what they call a ward, or you go down to a, a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall, you'll find that 90% or more of the people in these in the Mormon church or in the kingdom hall are former Christians, Baptists, Pentecostals, Presbyterians. They were Christians. And what happened to them was they were not victorious. There was no Holy Spirit moving in the church. And when these Jehovah's Witnesses came, when the Mormon missionaries came, there was some kind of an attraction and they got intrigued because evil spirits spoke through these people and convinced them that they were in the wrong church. You need to be a Jehovah's Witness. You need to be a Mormon in order to really be close to God. It's a seduction of evil spirits. And the people now that are in the clutches of the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, they are stuck, they are brainwashed, and they believe every lie that they are told in these places. I want to read to you now from Second Peter, chapter 2. We're going to go now to Second Peter, and chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verse, Second Peter, let me get the verse here. So Second Peter, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there should be false teachers among you, who privately, that means privately, secretly, shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, their evil ways, by the reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall with faint words make merchandise of those, of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingers not, and their damnation slumbers not. These are powerful words that the Apostle Peter wrote down when he was here on this earth. And through covetousness, you are lusting after something, you will have it. Shall I with faint word make merchandise of you? The people that are in Muslim, in, in the Muslim faith and attend their mosques, they are merchandise. They are owned by the devil. I will go so far to say this, that people that are in the Roman Catholic Church, 
are merchandise. They are serving the devil. I would say this, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Buddhists, I don't care what religion is. All religions on this earth have made merchandise of their followers. And they are simply destroyed. This week in Iran, there was a young woman that didn't wear the hijab, which means she didn't have her head covered. And uh, the religious police, she was arrested. And she was beaten so bad that she died. Now, if you are in Iran, and you're a woman, and you don't have a hijab, you have your head covered with a specific cover they have, and you are caught, you will serve 10 years in prison because you didn't follow Allah, the mullahs, and obeyed what they told you. Woman, you have to have your head covered. That's bondage, merchandise. And why are people putting up with it? Well, the people in Iran are paying for it right now because they, in 1979, they overthrew the Shah. In 1979, a little bit earlier than that, but they overthrew the Shah. And they turned the country into a Muslim religious country. So the faith of a Muslim or Islam is a state religion. And Islam and Iran are the same thing. The state and the faith is the same thing. Well, the people living, I would say 50, 60 years ago, they caused that, and today their grandchildren and great-grandchildren had to pay for it. So, what, what do we go from here now? What, what do we do with it? Many churches today do not recognize that we are in a spiritual war. And very few churches, I'm not even talking about Pentecostal churches, very few churches will tell you that Jesus died for us on the cross. Well, they might tell that. And they will say, well, you need to get saved. And um, you need to be born again. And then some of them, but not all of them, would say, you need to be baptized in water by immersion. And they stop. So yeah, they have you to read the Bible. And I remember asking this question when I was in the Southern Baptist Church back in about 67, 68. I was reading the book of Acts. And I um, talked to my pastor one day, and I said, I'm, I'm reading here in the book of Acts, uh, 
Jesus said they should not leave Jerusalem. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire and power. And then in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. Um, why are we not doing that? I was a new believer. He says, oh, that, that's very simple. He said, that, that's what they did then. Because they didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. And when the New Testament was written and merged with the Old Testament that they got the Bible, we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. We got the Bible. That's the biggest, fattest lie that you will have just about every Baptist preacher repeat in a lifetime. And I tell you what, when they get up into heaven at the judgment seat of Christ, they are going to have a lot to answer for. There's going to be a lot of weeping up there because the Bible says we're going to be judged according to what we've done, good or bad. So, we don't have a baptism of the Spirit. Many churches, pastors are simply saying there is no Satan. That was just a superstition. Uh, there is no devil. Many pastors would say uh, the book of Revelation should not really be read by Christians. Uh, it's an allegory. And the official teaching on the book of Revelation is that the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, which was a prison island. He had been sentenced to prison. He uh, had been taken from Ephesus because he had been a pastor of the church in Ephesus. And so now he was here on the island of Patmos, and he wanted to write to his church. But if he would write Christian stuff, then the gods would not let him, they would not let it pass. They would simply confiscate that. So he wrote a story in a, fish, a fiction. It's a code. And so he wrote the book of Revelation as a code. And they smuggled it out to the church in Ephesus so that they got a message from their pastor, John, on the island of Patmos. Have you ever heard about a tall lie? I don't even think that Joseph Smith has told a bigger lie than that. I don't even think, you know, that Muhammad got to have fibbed any bigger than that. That's the biggest, fattest lie that Satan has planted in Baptist churches. And as a result... Their people perish. So what you got to do is this. You got a Bible. Now, in order to have a real Bible, you got to have a King James Bible because all the other Bibles have been doctored. They've taken things out. they changed stuff in it and so on. So if you have an NIV, you really don't know what the Bible says because they've been tweaking that. They've been changing that. But you need to get a real Bible. And I'm going to be down now, just very blunt with you. Get a Bible. Start reading from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. 
take notes as you read that, and you will find out that John the Baptist said that he that comes after me, mightier than me, he will baptize you in fire, and in fire. Jesus will talk about the Holy Spirit. You will read about miracles, healings, casting out of demons. You go to Mark, you go to Luke, you read John. And then you read the book of Acts. As you read that, ask yourself this. The church that I attend, do they teach this? Do they teach that? Do they teach this? Do they believe that? And as you read the Bible, the New Testament, and you simply put a score up, and no, they don't talk about the baptism of the Spirit. They don't talk about demons. They don't talk about casting out demons. They don't talk about healing the sick. They don't talk about anything like that. They basically say you've got to be saved, baptized in water, and that's it. You are in an apostate church. Uh, you might say, well, that's, that's hard judgment. Well, that's the truth. You are in an apostate church. Because Jesus is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's God. He died on this earth for you and me to be saved. He shed his blood. He rose on the third day. He is our master. He set up the church. The New Testament is a writing of his immediate apostles and disciples. That should carry a lot of weight. Now, if you then find out what the church I'm going to, what I'm attending, does not teach this, you're in the wrong church. Because I tell you what, Jesus does not approve of that church. How can he approve of it when they simply are destroying his word? I want to read something to you here from the book of Revelation. And this is a little bonus scripture here. And this is from uh, the last chapter of the book of uh, Revelation. So I've got to find out. i got a broken Bible here. So here we go. That's Revelation chapter 22. And verse number 18. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Here's what Jesus is telling. I'm reading from the book of Acts, the book of Revelation, chapter 27, verse number 18. 
if you start adding things to the Bible and teach people so, every plague written down in the Bible, because there are a lot of plagues that took place over the years, is going to be upon you. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and for the things which are written in this book. I want to read that verse to you one more time. And if any man should take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, I'm in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 19. God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. You really need to be careful because if you say, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in that, and you teach that knowing it's in the Bible, but you have been told it is not for us today. You are walking very on a razor blade. Are you walking? Because if you do that with knowledge, if you if you know that what you say is not right, but that's what your denomination teaches, that's what other people say. It's not what in the Bible says, but that's what other people say. I will not guarantee your salvation. I will be extremely careful of not taking anything away from the Bible or adding anything to the Bible. Early in my preaching, I would um, read maybe one or two Bible verses and um, I would simply, I could preach for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and I would just teach from the Bible but I wouldn't quote the Bible. And um, that was pointed out to me. I, I was an evangelist at that time. This goes back in the early 70s when I was in seminary. And it was pointed out to me. And I was called in and uh, professors talked to me and said that, you know, we get this complaint about you that uh, they like your sermon, but you don't, you don't base them on the Bible. Uh, you don't quote the Bible. Uh, and uh, so you're basically just talking to people. I was smart enough to recognize that criticism on me was correct. I didn't have the Bible verses in. So I took the correction. I asked God to forgive me. And I said, I'm going to change. 
And so, just like today, I've been sharing a number of different Bible verses. When I make a point, I says, so here is what the Bible says. So, when you look at my outlines, because if you go on our website, eiec.org, and I have 650 sermon, video sermons there, and with each video sermon, there is a printed outline that you can uh, download and print. So you will not only have what I'm preaching, but you will also have the outline I'm following and all the scripture references. They're all listed there. So that's what I learned. I'm going to be very careful what I say. I'm going to be basing it on the Bible, and I'm going to share these verses with the people because what what does convict the person the word of God the word of God and the Holy Spirit so let me read this again to you here this is for my book now many churches today do not recognize what I talked about either out of ignorance or because they deny the baptism of the Holy Spirit and other supernatural moving of God. But let's briefly look at the subject, see what Jesus and the apostles were teaching about it. So I'm going to read to you right now from Matthew chapter 10, verse number 34 and 36. Jesus said this, Think not that I came, that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set the man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. When Jesus saves a person, each person is saved individually. He doesn't save a family, per se, where everybody gets saved at the same time. It isn't salvation, it's an individual act. When you, as a human being, are confronted with Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that he came down to this earth to die and pay for our sins? Do you believe that he rose from the grave on a third day? Do you believe that he ascended up into heaven and is sitting today at the right hand of the Father and that he is ruling the universe today. That's an individual belief. That cannot be, it's not a group belief. You can have many people believe it, in a, they are in a group, but each one must themselves say, I believe that. Each one of us will simply say, I have sinned. And I have come short of the glory of God. I need to be saved. 
I need to repent. Not my dad, not my cousin, not my uncle, but I need to repent. It's a personal decision that you have to make. And after you make repent, you ask Jesus to become your Lord and Savior, you are born again. And your dead spirit has been born. And now you have a body, soul, and a live spirit. It is not up to you to start eating spiritual food. When you have a baby is born, that baby cannot really, you know, prepare a meal by himself. But here's the deal that the baby has to do. Mom would, would either breastfeed the baby or have a bottle. Either way, mom supplies milk. But, listen closely now, the baby has to suck on her mother's breast. Or the baby has to suck on a bottle. You can't do that for the baby. The baby has to swallow the milk. The baby has to digest the milk. The baby has to eliminate the waste after he got all the nutrition out. So here's a picture I'm telling you. Today, I prepared food for you, spiritual food. I prepared it for you. I served it to you on a plate. You have utensils there. But if you do not take that food, that spirit food on the table, and eat that, how do you eat that? You simply listen to it, and then you think about it, you process it, and then you either say, I believe that, or I don't believe it. That's what is your decision. And then you take action according to the words that you heard. So, that's what each one of us has to do. Let me close with this illustration. <clears throat> God the Father, God the Son, God of the Spirit, the Godhead, could have simply said this. Yes, Adam and Eve sinned. And all the people have become sinners after that. But we are going to blanket forgive them. We are going to pardon them. And not impute their sin. They could have done that. But they didn't. They said, we are going to prepare a pardon. We are going to prepare a way to be redeemed, to be saved. But it's not going to be automatically. Each person must receive it, eat it, swallow it, process it, 
and make it his own and say, I believe, I repent, I receive. That's how Christianity is. Can you cast out demons? Sure you can. Any person can do anything that Jesus did on this earth and that we have in the book of Acts and in the rest of the New Testament. The only criteria needed is you got to be born again. you got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you got to believe that what Jesus said is true. And would you have done that? Because Jesus said that we will do greater things than what he does because he goes to the Father. Well, this is where we're just about where we're going to stop here today. And um, so I'm taking my sweet time on this. And some of you feel when I'm, I'm saying the same thing today as I said last week. Well, repetition is not bad. Many times Jesus said, Verily, verily I said to you. He repeated the story. Because I learned this. People hear what you say. They say, oh, that's great. They believe it. And five minutes later you ask them, what did I say? Oh, I can't remember that. It's five minutes ago. I just can't remember it. It was good. But man, do I remember that? No. So if that's the case, you should have a notepad and you write down the points. And then afterwards, someone says, what did John 12 say today? Well, I can't remember, but let me get my notepads here. Here's what he said. Boom, 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 boom. We can't help if you've got a foggy memory. But you can have a fantastic note-taking. What do you do if you're in a dead church? Well, try to find a church that's alive. And first of all, repent and say, God, I'm sorry. And if you go to a church that is already dead, don't continue going there. Because they're not going to teach you anything. You're just going to waste your time. Find something. In the meantime, read the Bible, read the New Testament to simply say, I'm going to believe every word. I'm going to say, this is for me, this is for me, this is for me. And I'm going to start living it. And you could have a revival in your life. All right. If you listen to me today, well, if you're still there, you listen to me. And you say, well, I'm, I'm an Omega Man listener. I like Omega Man. I like Shannon. But I don't like him enough that I send him some money. I mean, I like the guy, but, you know, I don't like him that much that I send money to him. You don't like Shannon. If you love somebody, you want a fellowship with them, you want to have a meal with them, you want to get them a birthday gift, you want to do things. 90 seconds. So why don't you simply find Omega Man's website? He has a donation area there with lots of buttons. Click the one that fits you and put in a great offering today, a great gift today. And simply say, or write a note, type in a note, Shannon, 
I love you. And here's how much I love you. This is why I want you to keep going. He would appreciate that. His wife would appreciate that. His children would appreciate that when they'd sit down to eat their dinner or breakfast or lunch. Now, this outline here that I have is available to you. Uh, you just go to our website, eac.org, and um, contact us, email us, call the number that we have there, and say, I'd like to have the outline here that uh, Pastor John used on Omega Man today, lesson 50, and we will electronically send it to you free of charge. I've written a number of books, I got videos and so on. So go to our website, you'll find a lot of stuff there, and I believe that you'll be blessed if you're looking for truth. If you live in the greater Sacramento area, I would like for you to come to church with us. I would love to have you in a little country church out here in the countryside, just north of Sacramento. And every Sunday we meet, and uh, we also webcast the service. So the service starts at uh, 8.30. We have praise and worship. 9 o'clock, we do pray. We pray for about 30 minutes. And then at 9.30, our time here, Pacific Standard Time, I start preaching every Sunday. And uh, we would love to have you. Now, if you can't be here on this time, uh, the webcast we do on a Sunday is good all week until Saturday night. Actually, until Sunday morning when we, when we wipe it out to put another one on. So, catch us. If you like what you heard here today and you says, I'd like to learn more, go to our website, contact us. I'd be glad to talk to you. And with that, channel, back to you. Brother John, what would you like to title the episode tonight? Don't be stupid like a fish. I like that. <laughs> folks we'll get this up here today and I encourage you to share it with a friend and join us again next week same time with more from Pastor John Terrell visit his website eaec.org Brother John we love and appreciate you thank you for coming on tonight love you too God bless you friends we're going to take a break and uh, be back tonight 8 p.m. Eastern, and also tomorrow night, Friday, we're going to have tonight E.R. Hotard, Evangelist E.R. Hotard, and open lines. So, God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the marathon today. I'm going to get some sleep and be back in this evening for another live broadcast. We'll have open lines in the second hour if you need prayer, so don't hesitate to call in. Um, website, OmegaManRadio.com. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in.